Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend. A podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. Everywhere. I'm Ann Friedman. And I'm Amina Tuso. Today on the agenda, we're going to be discussing Kanye West's GQ cover story, Beyonce fragrances, what happens when women and minorities try to promote diversity at work, marijuana at weddings, and maybe we'll have to... I know, right? And maybe we'll have time for one or two questions from our audience. Oh my god, we have from an our audience. Listeners. We have an audience. I know. I was just like, readers, audience, I don't know what I'm talking about. Welcome to the podcast. We are still very much very long distance. I am in London. I'm kind of sick. Can you hear the cough drop knocking my teeth? It's like... <laughs> um, oh my god, that's disgusting. I know, I'm sorry. It's really gross. <laughs> but... Um, I, I am in London, and it's very early in the morning, and you are in California, and it's very late at night. Yeah, I'm in San Francisco, and it's like midnight on Monday. It's almost like uh, I don't have important things to do in the morning. I mean, it is my morning, and this is my important thing. Oh, oh, you're that the was best supposed to be your reaction. <laughs> I know. I just awed. <laughs> I was going to say that we're both kind of sick, so a disclaimer that, like, we both sound a little froggy, I think. You know, I yeah. sound like this all of the time, so I, like, I don't think I can claim sickness. I just... Didn't you just tell me you were sick? Like a... No, I just said that I usually sound like you sound when you're sick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we both did little weekend trips. Tell me about yours. My little weekend trip was really fun. Um, I went today. I spent all day in wine country. I got very drunk. (laughs) And now I am here talking to you. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I feel weird about wine country. Like, like in some ways, I would just prefer to buy a full bottle of wine and not have to pretend to like know anything about like like how things taste different on my palate. I'm made supremely nervous by the act of like paying for a taste of something and like the person at the winery knows I don't know shit about wine and we're and I'm just here to drink and we're engaging in this whole charade like I might buy a case and I would rather just drink and make clear that I'm drinking this bottle. Okay, so this was nothing like that. Basically what happened is that I went with these new friends, LOL, new friends to um to like somebody's dad's sister's wife's winery thing unclear all i know is that there was a lot of wine and very little food so you had a great time yeah no i mean i had a great time i barely talked to like anybody i didn't want to talk to nobody was like tell me about this wine's legs or whatever it was delightful (laughs) 
Just say everything's oaky. My friend, my dear friend Aaron Bernstein once advised me to say it's oh, it's a little on the oaky side. Like anytime you don't have anything to say. <laughs> uh, whenever I am in a mood around wine people, I always say, oh, this would taste so great with some Sprite in it. And they get so <laughs> angry. <laughs> I'm going to file that one away. But it's uh, true. Sprite makes everything into a spritzer. Oh, my God. First sponsor, Sprite. <laughs> yeah, so what did you do this weekend, Anne? Oh, man. I went to Cornwall, which is basically the Cape Cod of England. It's like the LOL. OG Cape Cod. I know everything has the same names as the towns in Cape Cod, only it's like the original version. It makes you realize how little imagination the Puritans had. They're like, we miss Falmouth. Let's just name something else Falmouth. We miss Truro, New Truro, <laughs> not even New Truro, just a Truro again. I mean, I was like, I get that you guys didn't really want to leave home, but like, woof, like come up with some new town names. Oh my God. You're so ridiculous. So what you're telling me is that you had a delightful weekend, but in your Anne way, you have to downplay. Oh my God. Okay. I had, I had a very, I had very much a delightful weekend. It is beautiful. I ate lots of snacks. Uh, Cornwall is famous for several different food items. You know, I love regional delicacies. <laughs> uh, Ooh, like what? Um, the Cornish pasty, which I want to pronounce as pasty every time I see it. It is not small <laughs> discs to cover sex workers' nipples. It is... <laughs> it, it is I can't uh, even with you right now. <laughs> it, it, is, um, it is, as all things in England, some kind of dough with meat in the middle. Um, or if you don't eat meat, cheese wait, and are onion. you eating meat over there without no, no. me? No, girl. Um, you can get a cheese and onion version. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I like to be the only person that feeds you meat. So this is, this is touchy. I won't lie. I have slipped a few times, but, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know, it's like, what are you going to do when in Rome? It's true. Rome has a lot of meat pies in it, in this analogy. <laughs> um, my, I, one, of, one of the friends who was on this trip is from Wales, and we were, we were all enjoying our pasties, and he was like, God, is there just anything better than meat with pastry wrapped around it? Isn't that just like the best thing you can imagine? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, it is not. As you enjoy meat wrapped in dough i can't even handle i mean it, it was right tasty it's cool but like you know i'm just i don't know like i just like vegetables you know me um and then Man, everybody likes vegetables <laughs> it's just also okay to like meat no, no 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 i mean but all of these pasty things are like like well not all vegetables but are suspiciously suspiciously absent vegetables that aren't potatoes uh, says the woman who loves bacon. I can't even handle okay. your hypocrisy right We're going to table the, the, the convo <laughs> about my meat consumption. And um, the other yes. thing... We'll have a special vegetarians and bacon episode coming soon. If oh there are God. any sponsors out there who want to talk to us about this, please email <laughs> us. There was actually a, a, a menu at a restaurant I was at recently that featured the bad vegetarian sandwich, which was all veg with bacon. And I thought of you amazing but anyway the other thing we did on this trip is we went to this massive biodome sorry biome i am calling it biodome because of Polly shore none none of the <laughs> none of the friends who were on this trip well that's not true like one of them was familiar with biodome but like and i haven't seen it recently enough to make jokes but anyway we went to this big um biome big um geodesic greenhouses in the middle of nowhere called the eden project um, 
And it was super weird. It was basically like Whole Foods turned into a museum. Like everything was about, was like for kids and it was about consuming food and you had opportunities to buy things at every corner. It wasn't like it was run by scientists. I was like, oh, this is run by people who were like selling me an idea of organic food or something. But um, it was really cool to be in giant geodesic greenhouses. So that was my weekend. I'm very very happy for you. It featured all the things that you like. Food. Rocky cliffs. Geodesic domes. Geodesic domes. And people from from Wales. (laughs) All my favorite things. And meat pies. (laughs) Love a good meat pie. I guess this means we're our own tour guides. All right, now everybody, do not feed the animals. Stay together and no flash photography. And remember, here at Biodome, we're dependent on balancing homos within the system. Oh, man. Should we get to the agenda? Yeah, let's get to the agenda. So talk to me. I'm so happy that you read this, like, Kanye cover story. You know that Kanye is my favorite anything in the entire world. It's He's the only person slash concept I will never be reasonable about. And I guess for a long time, I just felt like you never shared my, my Kanye enthusiasm to 100. So I was really excited when you wanted to talk about this. I mean, I, I think it would be wrong to say I share your Kanye enthusiasm to 100. But this GQ cover story is the most hilarious interview. Like, it's just the it's it's like full of that stuff that you always want people to say when you interview them. I know I sent you a complete list after I read it, and I'm going back over it now, and it's pretty incredible, the quotes. Like, he actually says, he clarifies that in his wedding toast, it wasn't all about him. It was about celebrities being treated like blacks were in the 60s. (laughs) Can you defend that? (laughs) Listen, I don't have to defend Kanye. Kanye is going to Kanye. I think that... So the reason I was excited about this interview is because it's the first interview since the wedding. But to be fair, Kanye's been kind of on a tear with the quotes since this like Zane Lowe BBC interview he did last year. Well, I've reached a point in my life where my Truman Show boat has hit the painting. And I've got to a point that Michael Jackson did not break down. I have reached the glass ceiling as a creative person, as a celebrity. When I say that, it means I want to do product. I am a product person, not just clothing, but water bottle design, architecture, everything, you know, that you could, you know, think about. And I've been at it for 10 years. And I look around, I say, wait a second, there's no one around here in this space that looks like me. And if they are, they're quiet as fuck. (laughs) So that means, wait a second. Now we're seriously like in a civil rights movement. He's not crazy. He's just gifted. So everybody's going to have to get on board. But my actual favorite thing about this whole piece in GQ wasn't the interview, but was the clothes because apparently all of them were his. Oh my God. (laughs) He didn't need like the celebrity wardrobe. So that, that made me really happy. I can just, can you just imagine like Patrick de Marchalier coming in to shoot and he's like, (laughs) excuse me, I own all of these. And he's wearing like my favorite Adidas. So it's, everything is perfect. Yeah. I was going to say like, I know that you know which sneakers he owns and which he doesn't. Yeah, no, I just ordered these Adidas because uh, I have no loyalty to sneaker companies. I don't care. You make a, you make one I like, I will wear it. So Adidas, I'm all yours now for wow. the next couple of weeks at least. 
I mean, so many endorsement possibilities coming up this this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's because I live I live in California now. The possibilities for endorsements are oh just my endless. God. You just said Adidas, I'm all yours now. And I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> show us mm-hmm, that money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the Adidas fuck you money. Can't right. wait. Um, wrapped in lots of other kind of ridiculous things that he says he uses this phrase the class system of creativity which is like certain people are sort of like more culturally renowned or whatever but I think it's actually kind of an interesting idea and I want like someone I mean it doesn't have to be Kanye but it could be to like to explore that at length yeah I mean that's kind of what his whole gripe about the world that he's in is about right and I think that more specifically he's talking about the fashion world and how he just hasn't been embraced there. He's, you know, he's done all of these internships for everyone and all he wants is that big endorsement money for somebody to just like give him a chance so that he can be, or Donda um, can be this big fashion house and it's not happening. Some of it I don't understand because the hashtag Kanye, but some of it I think is like very true. It's, you know, like Kanye went to art school and he he's act. This is like the one, I think, like part of his career where he feels that he has to work at really hard. Right. It's fashion because it doesn't come like naturally to him, like music or design, like all of the other stuff that he does. And he feels like he's not getting any respect for it. I mean, there there is a part of me listening to you describe all of that that like makes me think that Kanye is like is like the Ivy League kid who gets tons and tons of internships and is just not good at that thing that they're trying to make happen. But because they have this resume of all these internships they could afford to do, they're like, I'm so qualified. Why won't anyone hire me? It's like maybe Kanye is just good at music. Like, and that's okay. <gasps> but, and that's the thing that, like, people who are creative, like, never want to hear, right? That they're only good at this, like, one thing. I don't, ugh, this is so hard to parse. I think that I kind of agree to him up to a certain point because it's like he's put in the time and the effort, right? And then there was a time where at least people in the fashion industry, like, mocked him and thought that he was not serious. It's like every celebrity wants to, like, branch out into doing a shoe or doing a perfume, you know, like things that we'll talk about later. But sometimes you are good and people just won't give you a chance because they don't, they don't take you seriously. Yeah, but I think that like, you know, look, there are, I think there are other people who have, who have become like embraced by the fashion world who are not from that world in a traditional sense. Maybe it is this class system of creativity. I mean, I don't know enough about like, you know, whatever is going on in Anna Winter's head or whoever else is an important tastemaker to say but all I'm saying is we need to leave room for the possibility that Kanye is bad at fashion <laughs> like that's it oh my god like, I, I refuse to leave room <laughs> for the possibility of that but I want to give a shout out to Anna Winter who put him on the cover of Vogue and put Kim on the cover of Vogue granted the hashtag for it was ridiculous but I you know that's like what he has been looking for his entire life so that was good validation for him I'm happy for you Kanye I mean, I love that he mentioned that in this GQ interview. Like, he was like, what more do I have to do? I was on the cover of Vogue. And it's like, well... (laughs) I kind of wanted to pat his knee. And Kanye's not a reasonable... Kanye's not a reasonable person. I think that that's the problem with, like, your whole argument. You're operating from a place of, like, reason. Stop it.
Are we done with Kanye? Are we ready to move? I mean, we're never done. Yeah, with we're done with Kanye. But you sent me this thing about um, Beyonce fragrances, and I t- tell me more. I mean, what, what's going on? So I was perusing Beyonce's website, as you do. Shop.beyonce.com. I mean, yes, yes, which I had visited before, but there's like a whole, there's like a fragrances section. And when I clicked on it, I was like, oh my God, stealth. Like you have, she seriously has like five different fragrances that she has attached her name yeah, to. Yeah, I don't know where you've been. Beyonce has had fragrances for a while. Um, you have to watch the commercial for Heat because it'll just blow your mind with lols. They're so ridiculous. Maybe we should, maybe we should pause and listen to the commercial for Heat. Maybe Gina can find it. <laughs> Beyonce Heat, the first fragrance by Beyonce. Yeah, no. I mean, and she was part of that whole trend, like, in the aughts, where every, like, lady celebrity had a perfume. The Britney Spears ones are my favorite, because the ads are just even more ridiculous. But yeah, I will will rank Beyonce fragrances for you. Pulse and Rise are just garbage. Like, don't invest. World Tour is a little too fruity. And Heat, you can get away with, like, a hint of Heat, but still garbage. (laughs) Do you own Beyonce fragrances? Obviously not. I'm a classy lady. I own classy perfumes. But every once in a while, I'm at Sephora, and I will just, I will peruse. You know what I do own, though, is some Justin Bieber fragrances, and I don't regret them. Wow. I'm, 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 Taylor Swift also makes good fragrances. How many, like, mo- like, all of these people have multiple fragrances. Yeah, because that's how you start. You do, um, you do like heat, and then they're like Beyonce. What about Pulse? Beyonce. What about? Basically, a lot of times they'll coincide with world tours or you know like whatever merchandise garbage they have to do. And I don't think that like adult women are buying these, but I can see a lot of twelve year olds wearing these. I just, it's funny. It it must be like like the most lucrative thing you could do because I'm sort of like, what about the Beyonce hosiery line? Like, why do you, have, why does everyone have to branch out into fragrances? Like what about no, things yeah, I, mean, I care mer- about? Merchandising is, merchandising is basically a big scam. JLo used to make my favorite fragrances. Oh my God. Wait, JLo no longer making fragrances. <laughs> you know, maybe she does. I just haven't been on team JLo in a while. So mm. does Kanye have fragrances? He must. No, he doesn't, but maybe he should look into it. Mm. Yeah, no. Let me read some of the, like, J-Lo fragrances to you. Please. Blue Glow. Deseo. <laughs> Deseo for men. Deseo forever. Eau de Glow. Forever glowing. Glow. Glow out in dark. What is wrong with these people? But yeah, celebrities all have perfumes, though. I feel like that's, like, part of the course if you're, like, any kind of... C, B, or A lister. Oh my god, I. It's funny. It's like it's like a no go zone for the A list to have a fragrance. <laughs> yeah, you you know, like the problem is that they all smell bad. They just all smell I mean, bad. It's like if your perfume was good, like Guerlain would make it, not Miami Glow. 
I'm going to do some research. There has to be an article about, I'm going to report back next episode about how the, the sort of the business of making celebrity uh, fragrances, because I, there's got to be like, like the, like one company or something that does like a plug and play version. Yeah, no, it totally has to be one company because they always go through like big retailers. I feel like a lot of these end up at like Kohl's, for mm-hmm. example. And I think, too, that you know how they always want to do fashion lines and then you're like, uh, fashion's hard. Mm-hmm. But fragrance, like, how easy can it be to, like, make a fragrance? Make I a guarantee smell. it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's like yeah. plug and play smells. something serious (laughs) there was this article about uh when women and minorities try to promote or be a friend to other women and minorities at work it does not go well for them yeah you know this is crazy so this study by um i think it was the university of colorado boulder um almost went to college there what's up boulder they asked bosses and all these executives to, to rate the executives on their warmth and competence, overall performance, and uh, I'm doing big quote, like scare quotes here, diversity valuing behavior. Oh my God. And what, what is they that? discover, like, is not shocking. <laughs> Basically, diversity within companies is only seen as a positive attribute for the company and the boss if the boss is a white man. Like, a uh, shocker. Wow. The thing about it that's, you know, that I think is most problematic, right, is that the people generally within companies who will speak up for this kind of diversity tend to be women and people of color. And now it is, like, documented that there's no reward for them unless a white man does it. I would be happy for white men to lead all of the diversity initiatives within workplaces. But, like, so many of these studies, is this surprising to any woman or any, like, person of color who's been the one person at the table saying oh, look at the stack of applications. Maybe we should, like, try a little harder to get some applicants who aren't white guys. Like, anyone who's been in that room and everyone's always like, oh, like, already we have so many to sort through or, like, uh, well, like, this is, like, a really tough position to fill and, like, you know, we've got got enough great candidates here. Or, you know what I mean? Just, like, hearing the sort of the casual, like, we don't actually need to do more diversity like outreach or whatever just sort of like that's not a helpful comment in this process is something that I've been hit with before for sure I know but you know the thing that was a little scary to me is that then it has these management implications for you like I'm always that person right because I kind of have to be but also because I basically lead a group for women in technology so it's very like the aficionado magazine for me but I never realized that you know like I get it that it turns people off but seeing it documented that it could also adversely affect my career that's something that was shocking yeah I mean I'm glad that there are studies I'm always glad that there are studies I remember um you sending me the obituary for one of the two sociologists who studied who did a lot of these original workplace bias studies 
Um, and uh, just loves we love obituaries in this family. We really do. We sh- maybe that should be a thing we do regularly, like an obit of the week, um, because they are fascinating, and I always read them. But um, but just this idea that like it's it's all in your head, or even this story, like you know, it's not surprising to anyone who's been the person at the table to say oh, hey, you know, maybe we should think about promoting, like, someone who isn't white, um, you know, to hear this news, but to hear it backed up with statistics or or just sort of say, like, oh, the University of Colorado or some other accredited research university affirms my experience is, like, is actually important. I mean, I know it's kind of like, you know, we're both like, yeah, we get it, but it's, um, I don't know, I guess it's good to have outside confirmation. Um, I don't know how we change it, though. I mean, that, that's the whole point, right? You and I can't change it. The bosses have to change it. Because yeah. that's where the actual barrier is. The top. I know. Everything's at the top. Uh, I'm so over bosses. Everything is just the worst. I mean, you are a boss now. I'm, I'm not a boss, but... <laughs> no, I, I am not a boss. You aren't? That's the best. No, that's was the best thing about taking my new job is that I get to not be a boss and I kind of love it. Oh, man, being a boss is lots and lots of work. <laughs> yeah, now I'm just like I get to be one of those complainers. I love mm, it. Yes. Both of us. All right. So, I guess like the the other question is what can you do like with all of this in mind? Is there is there a way to continue to be that woman or like that person of color who continues to bring up these issues again and again? Are you just supposed to be like either silent and not speak up for something you believe in or like a martyr who never gets promoted because you do speak up? Like, it seems like those are the choices offered. Right. I think that, man, this is really tough. I think that it one, obviously it like depends where you work, but if you work, at a real so like if you're not a journalist because i'm convinced that journalism is the least professional anything in the world like don't work in journalism but if you work at like a real office with a real hr and like actual structures to change things i think that it it basically makes you like realize that there are other there are other structures for you to take these problems too right so inst- if you don't feel comfortable like being the person in your meetings that's always the one bringing this up maybe it's going through your HR structure and like, you know, and bringing up these kinds of challenges and saying like, what are we as a company doing to change this as opposed to what is my boss doing to change this or these particular people. So not making it personal, making it more systematic. Yeah. I'm saying that I'm saying that and it sounds like garbage to me. So really I think you should just burn everything down. I mean, the, I was going to say the sort of like find a bro ally approach has worked for me in the past too. Like, I mean, I think that it's, it's when we talk about this stuff, it always seems like women and people of color are the only people who care about this stuff. And it's disproportionately, it's true. It's us, but not exclusively. And sometimes like, you know, being like, Oh, you know, I need my pal who is not a woman or not a person of color to be the one to really you know say no we need to interview this other person we've been talking about. I know but you know what's disgusting about it is that you're saying that that person gets to take credit for it so it's I mean either either way how you slice it it's kind of problematic right? No no for sure it's like that is definitely more in be a martyr and don't get credit camp but like still push forward the thing that you believe in I mean, Ugh, I, Anne, I don't share men, I don't share dessert, and I don't share credit. This is so <laughs> bad. 
<laughs> I mean, you have shared your dessert with me, but point taken. <laughs> point uh. taken. Um. Okay, so we have no answers we've established. Yeah, we have no answers. Basically, we just keep being depressed by corporate America. Corporate America, get your crap together. Because okay, I well, ugh, can't handle. We, we have a reader question. It is one that we can answer and has to do with the workplace. So I'm, I'm going to read it. This is a letter from listener Katie. Since listening to Call Your Girlfriend, I've read a lot of articles and learned about shine theory, which is exciting. This is, um, do you want to give the tagline, Amina? Shine theory, aka I don't shine if you don't shine, is the operating principle between me and Anne's friendship. Yeah, that's about it. You can read more about it on the internet. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so she says, all of which has been encouraging for taking initiative in my own professional endeavors. Your advice for upcoming, upcoming, I love that she calls them upcoming female professionals. Like, it's like coming soon to the theater near you, female professionals. Coming to a theater near you, badass female (laughs) professionals. Um, So anyway, your advice for upcoming female professionals is to directly contact women they admire and industries they want to break into. I've got my list ready to go, but I'm hesitating. What is the etiquette for emailing someone you think is the coolest person in the world to ask for their advice? Amina. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is so tough. I think that the most important thing, right, in all of these kinds of interactions is to be yourself. I know that you think that the person on the other side of that email is the coolest person in the world, but dang it, you're the coolest person in the world, too. Be very upfront about what you want. I think that the number one mistake that people make when they need something via email um, to people that they admire is that they don't have a specific ask in mind and they ramble and and then it just goes all sorts of bad. I'm not very good at writing these emails. I think, Anne, you're much better than I am. Well, one of the things I noticed about this email is that, like, Shine Theory, for example, isn't about, like, and this is something that I think was misunderstood when I wrote about it the first time. It's not about looking around you and saying, like, who is the most important woman doing a thing that I want to be doing, and how do I make her my friend? It's more like, look around you in your world, and rather than compete with the other awesome women who are kind of at your same stage, the other upcoming female professionals, <laughs> sort of like befriending them as well. Because I think that you say women, women you admire, or um, someone you think is the coolest person in the world, and obviously lots of my peers are people I admire and think are cool, but there's something about the tone of this email that makes me think maybe you're talking about people who are far more advanced in their careers. And I think it's cool to email them. And I agree with Amina's advice that, you know, asking a specific question and being yourself is really the best you can do. And also being patient, waiting for an answer. But I think that you should also take that as a call to sort of like, look around your office or your university or wherever you're at right now and be like, okay, which of these women do I want to invest in early? (laughs) Like, you know, before they get to that, you know, maybe the phase where everyone is recognizing that they are the coolest person in the world. Like, that's what I think is actually revolutionary and great about shine theory, not like trying to kiss up um, or befriend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, she will be, you know, then there's no sort of like humble ask like you know she's like yes I definitely want to have a drink (laughs) um it's not it's they're kind of different things and I think that like yes shine theory encompasses all of them because 
you know, it's for people who want other people to be great. But, you know, maybe apply it to people who aren't this far and away coolest person in the world as far as you're concerned. Yay, good yeah. luck, listener. Yeah, that's like that's a much that's much better question to answer than uh than how do you not get caught in workplace racism, sexism that we are we are powerless to change <laughs> in the short term. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. You're going to get caught in all of those. I think right, which is why you need a buddy. How do you escape? <laughs> yeah, you're going to need like everybody you can make. This is why I love it when you say we tell people it's lonely at the top so they won't come up here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling everybody that I'm a jerk. But yes. I mean, all I'm saying is just get people up top with you. I hear Um, what else is on the agenda? What's left? So I also wanted to talk about this ridiculous New York Times <laughs> trend story from this weekend. I, you know how I love a good New York Times trend story about how marijuana is now a welcome wedding guest at Colorado and Washington State weddings? Because, oh my god. <laughs> because Only Colorado and Washington State. Yeah, no, obviously. Um, and the whole article is so crazy, I want to read it to you. Um, I, I haven't laughed this hard at a trend story. Because you know, like the trends are always fake trends, and this one is a really good fake trend. But, Where um, does it rate on a scale oh, of diaperless babies in Brooklyn? Like, is it as better than that? That's my favorite New York Times. Man, story. I know. The diaperless babies in Brooklyn is the top. This is, mm, I would say, like, two trends away from diaperless babies. So Great. I'm Hit just going to read the lead to you. Earlier this month, when Ellen Epstein arrived at the Devil's Thumb Ranch, hey, that's where Maurice got married. <laughs> never mind. In hi, Maurice, who you're probably listening in Tabernash, Colorado. Oh, never mind. That's not where she got married. For the wedding of her friends Lauren Measle and Bradley something, she, like the other guests, found a gift bag waiting for her in her hotel room. But rather than a guide to activities in the area or a jar of locally made honey, lol, the canvas bag contained a roll joint, a lighter, and lip balm infused with mango butter and cannabis, along with this note. We wanted to show you some of the things we love the best. Oh my god. (laughs) Bury me with my infused cannabis lip balm. Yeah, there's nothing that the wedding industry, like, won't ruin. So uh, the rest of the trend story is how, like, guests are given baby marijuana plants and ceramic pots with their names and table assignments. Yeah, another, like, ridiculous quote is, marijuana use at weddings is now, is out of the closet now. It's like, get out. And then there are marijuana concierges that'll basically work with your wedding planner to figure out, like, what best weed you want at your wedding. Just, there's nothing that the wedding industry won't ruin. Just, this is just, everything about it is ridiculous. Are we going to have, and <laughs> like, someday to be like, oh, I remember when we had to, like, duck behind the reception tent to get stoned at the wedding. Like, those were the days. <laughs> I know. Like, the only reasonable person in this entire article is, like, one of the bakers who's like, I'm not making an edible cake because, like, that stuff is garbage. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you, sir. You're like the only professional adult here. But yeah, it's like, can you imagine going to a wedding with like somebody's parent? I, you know, I'd love to get stoned. I'd, 
more than the the next person call your girlfriend endorses marijuana but i do not want to go to your like marijuana concierge theme wedding yeah it's also so weird because it's at this point in acceptance where it's clearly not so stigmatized that it's not it's making appearances in the New York Times style section, but it's also stigmatized enough that like people don't really know how to be good smokers. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like one of those things where you're at a wedding and you're like, ah, oh, like might as well just like give it a try. Like you will have like you're 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 like like a freshman at your first kegger, essentially. Like, is that the experience oh my God. you want? Yeah, no, I don't want to get stoned with some of your parents. Exactly. I don't want to get stoned at rehearsal dinners. Some people are just awful, like whether they're stoned or sober. Oh my God. Oh, the other thing in the article is about like the bud tenders. So think like sommeliers, but they work with cannabis instead of wine. Just, ugh, I can't. Wait, is this the first time you're hearing the word bud tender? Uh, in yeah no i didn't realize that this was like a real thing oh like my God, obviously Amina. i know that the function was real i can't believe they had a name <laughs> yes um and then also the the buttoneers so people like yep. just think boutonniere with weed disgusting uh, i can't i just like cannot handle the it's like big wedding meets big weed i like i want prohibition to be back forever Wow. I mean, listen, the the results or the consequences of sort of making something like this legal is it's going to get commodified. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in, in disgusting ways like this. I'm sort of like, let's hate the people who do this at their wedding. Let's not hate the beautiful drug at the center of all of it. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, this is true. This is what I'm saying. Like, the, oh, the wedding the wedding industrial complex. Just disgusting. But also, can you imagine? All of this to say, though, that if I ever get married, some people will be getting little tiny baby joints. Right. I just keep thinking about the phenomenon of, like, baby boomers who haven't been stoned since the 60s when you needed to, like, smoke a ton. And as opposed to, like, the golden era we're now living in where it's, like, one puff is probably the same as an entire joint of the from the ditchweed days and thinking about all of them in a tent together like with infants in dresses and i just like want to run screaming <laughs> maybe this is where we sign off <laughs> this is where we sign off where um where are you traveling to next i don't know i don't have any plans i'm i have a a couple of like my last big deadlines of the summer are this week and then i'm going to be really chill in august that's my plan that's so awesome yep. well next time i talk to you i will either be in dc or in new york oh my god everywhere we just we need to have like a geo, geo tag for each episode like where each of us are maybe we should do that Anyway, I know I'll still be in like London. a digital. I got hoes in different area codes. I mean, I got the same hoe, and she's always in different area codes. <laughs> that's, that's what's going on. <laughs> that's so true. Oh. Hey, I miss you a lot. I can't wait till we get back together. Oh my god, so soon! Like a month till we're on the same coast. So soon, so soon, so soon. Can't wait to show you around Silicon Valley. Oh my God, arm candy. I know all the best spots. (laughs) Yes, let's fact check it against Silicon Valley, the HBO show, which you know I love. Um, No, we're fact checking against Dave Eggers, The Circle, because my life right now is the first 100 pages. Oh my God, don't make me worry about you more than I already am. (laughs) I mean, you should be worried. I'm a software American now. Okay. 
I know. Uh, okay. Um, I love you. I love you. I'll see you on the internet, boo. See you on the internet. Thanks so much for listening to Call Your Girlfriend. You can find us many, many places online, namely on iTunes, where you can leave us a review. We would really appreciate that. Or on Twitter at callyourgf. That is call y r g f. And you can also find us on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.